from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. He's signaling to a majority here. He's signaling to people in power who've, who've long had power. And, you know, as a constitutional matter, we might have some outer limit questions with the religion test clause in both the federal and Missouri constitutions, but political actors generally have more leeway to say things like this. So when President Biden says, I'm, I'm only going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court, that kind of statement in other contexts would be uh, more, more scrutinized. I think this is really unfortunate and divisive politically, but I don't see much of a legal argument here. I can't think of a single government position that requires a particular faith allegiance. We even have government chaplains, but those are not faith-specific. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last Tuesday, Missouri Governor Mike Parson responded to one controversy and set off another. Parson was angry that senators had failed to approve his choice for the director of the State Department of Health and Senior Services, Don Karoff. The opposition came from Parson's own party. Some Republicans had suggested Karoff supported mask and vaccine mandates or even abortion rights. Parson fired back, quote, Don is a public health expert that is on the record opposing masking requirements and COVID-19 vaccine mandates, he wrote in a press release that was also threaded by his staff on Twitter. Quote, he is outspokenly pro-life and morally opposed to abortion. But then the release continued, quote, Missourians know that I share these beliefs and would not have nominated someone who does not share the same Christian values, end quote. That assertion that the governor would not nominate someone who didn't share his, quote, Christian values didn't sit well with everyone. Rabbi Daniel Bogard is with St. Louis's Central Reform Congregation. He filed a complaint with the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice on Wednesday over Parsons' statement. It's pretty clear looking at the governor's senior staff, looking at the governor's nominees for various positions, that this has been a policy for a while, that, that the governor very much... Uh, surrounds himself and fills Missouri government with Christians, particularly white Christians most of the time. But to hear him say this out loud, to, to say it overtly, made it just so clear that folks like me, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, Buddhists, that we really aren't welcome in Missouri as full citizens or qualified to be in his government because we don't worship his Christian deity. It really does feel like a genuine abridgment of my rights. I'm a lifelong Missourian, and my governor is making it very clear that I don't count as a full citizen under his administration. That is Rabbi Daniel Bogard of the Central Reform Congregation in the Central West End. Now, Rabbi Bogard added that he will be following up with state officials as well. He's also in conversations about his complaint with the ACLU and the Anti-Defamation League. And joining us now with more on this controversy and what our Constitution might have to say about it is John Anazu. He is the Sally D. Danforth Distinguished Professor of Law and Religion at Washington University. Anazu holds a joint appointment in the Washington University Law School and the John C. Danforth Center on Religion and Politics. John Anazu, welcome. Sarah, thanks so much for having me. So, John, what was your reaction to seeing Governor Parsons' comments on Tuesday? 
Yeah, you know, first of all, as a, as a citizen of Missouri, it's it's troubling and, and divisive. To me, the the constitutional uh, question is is far murkier, and it's it has to do with the way that Governor Parson phrased the statement, "the same Christian values," which interestingly doesn't say he would only hire Christians, and also probably excludes some Christians from his hiring who might believe differently than him on abortion. Yeah, plenty of Christians who might have different Christian values than our governor has. You know, as I saw his remarks, I thought about the fact that often in politics, we hear people talk about our Judeo-Christian values. Is this different for him to have just said Christian values? Well, it's it's certainly a different phrasing that might more narrowly represent what he's trying to convey to voters. But I think what's interesting here is he's making this statement as a politician and doing some political signaling here. And you know, as a constitutional matter, we might have some outer limit questions with the religion test clause in both the federal and Missouri constitutions. But political actors generally have more leeway to say things like this or or other kinds of restrictions they might impose on, on uh, appointments. Yeah, so I'm curious to dig into the law here. Let's have a hypothetical. Let's say I own a fast food company and I'm looking for somebody to work for me to, to help flip the burgers at that company. Could I say that I only want to hire people for that company who share my Christian values? Right. I think I think that phrasing, again, Christian values, would, would lend itself at least to scrutiny. And there's certainly an employment discrimination law restrictions on religious discrimination with some limits for religious entities to hire people of their own faith. Uh, so in that case, in straight up employment, uh, I think you'd, you'd see a, a potential legal issue there. Uh, the, the distinct question is, what about political appointments? Are political actors just different? Mm-hmm. That's a real question. I mean, it, you know, we heard from many people who said, yeah, I'm bothered by this. I'm not just bothered by this, but I'm going to file a complaint about this, or this agency needs to look at this, or that agency needs to look at that. Is there any case law that suggests whether a governor is subject to the same sort of laws in this regard as a fast food company. Yeah, you know, there's very little case law uh, interpreting the religion test clause particularly, which would be the most directly relevant constitutional provision here. And and you talk about this test clause. Can can you break down what what do you mean by the test clause? Sure. So it's actually important that they're worded differently in the U.S. and Missouri constitutions. The U.S. Constitution, Article 6, says no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. And then Missouri, here's the interesting difference, no person shall, on account of his or her religious persuasion or belief, be rendered ineligible to any public office or trust. So the question is, do the governor's comments get to the level of infringing upon either of those constitutional prohibitions? And and you, you might think of a counterfactual here. If, if a nominee had been expressly rejected because the nominee didn't share a particular faith, then I think we're into clear test of uh, territory. It's, it's less clear based on this situation whether there's a violation. Interesting. And it seems like it, it gets into the some really complicated questions here because, uh, you know, we are dealing with this political arena. Let's say that we had a governor who appointed somebody um, who was not in the majority faith. This was somebody who didn't have Christian values and was bold about that. And let's say the Senate then rejected them, that they said, we only want to see a Christian here. How would that even begin to play out when we're dealing with a legislative body that has the right to sign off on a nomination or not? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the legislature is still bound by the Constitution. So in, in that hypo that you just gave, I think that's there's an even clearer argument that the religion test clause has been violated. Hmm. Um, and, and the more particularly you get down to actual individuals, the likelier it is to invoke one of these clauses. So you talked about what the Constitution says, the Constitution of the land, the Constitution of the state of Missouri. Uh, We heard from Rabbi Bogart, who filed this complaint with the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. Do you think this is a case where they would open an investigation into these remarks? Yeah, I see very little likelihood of this of this uh, taking on legal or constitutional significance. I mean, as I said, you know, in my initial comments, I, I think this is really unfortunate and divisive politically, but I don't see much of a legal argument here. Hmm. And you think this, the Civil Rights Division, even though we do have a Democratic president at this point, this is something they're just, they're not going to want to touch. I, I think based on this precise wording and what's going on here, I think it's highly unlikely. Hmm. So the precise wording, this is something that is kind of intriguing to me about this. It turns out that Governor Parson issued a statement about Don Carroff even before his nomination was scuttled. This statement that he issued back weeks ago, he said, quote, back in July, after months of careful vetting and interviews, we selected Don to lead DHSS because he was the best qualified candidate for the job. He is an experienced public health professional with a disciplined moral company that is guided by our Missouri principles, Christian values, family values, and love for this nation. So he used that phrase Christian values again in that statement. No one batted an eyelash at that. Do you think that's just because of how it was put to use in these two very different sentences? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, it could also be just a function of the the press surrounding these particular uh, statements and how much scrutiny they've gotten. It's uh, uh, yeah. So I'm just not clear exactly why one triggered more concern than the other. Um, you know, it's also interesting to note that uh, with respect to political appointments, politicians are able to make these kinds of statements on all kinds of areas that would otherwise be uh, prohibited. So when President Biden says, "I'm I'm." only going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court, that kind of statement in other contexts would be uh, more more scrutinized. Uh, now, there is, the again, the religion test clause that makes religious statements uniquely um, intriguing and perhaps um, controversial, but, I, but, it, but there are other examples of this happening by politicians. So again, if I'm owning the burger company that I own and I say, you know what, I want more diversity on this staff, I'm only going to hire a black woman for this job, that's something that as a private employer, I, I probably can't come right out and say like that. Right. Yeah, I'm not an expert on employment discrimination, but that certainly sounds like uh, you'd be risking some problems there. And yet, as you're saying, a political actor, they have different freedoms here. Joe Biden can say that. And maybe what you're saying here is as as much as you don't love it, Mike Parson can say what he said. I think he can say it. You know, as a a matter of citizenship, though, what worries me about Governor Parson's statement is he's he's signaling to a majority here. He's signaling to people in power who've, who've long had power. And that, that signals differently to those who aren't part of the majority. You know, as Rabbi Bogard mentioned, it makes him feel much less of a full citizen. And I, I can understand why he would be saying that. So we did hear from a number of people who had thoughts about the governor's remarks. That includes a lot of people on, on Facebook. If you want to join our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group, there's a, a brisk conversation going on there. Just search for St. Louis on the Air on Facebook. You can answer a few questions and join that conversation. We also got a voicemail uh, from a local Muslim man. Uh, this is Umar, and he shared his thoughts. There is no religious test for office in the United States of America. This once again points to Missouri being a culturally and politically backward state, where a state with 
if you look at the St. Louis and Kansas City metro, as a large Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, agnostics, atheists, etc. They're not only Christians in the state of Missouri. And this is a clear statement of discrimination in employment for Governor Parson. And also, uh, Rabbi Daniel Bogard, he's the rabbi who spoke to our producer, Emily Woodbury, yesterday. Um, he said he sees the governor's comments as indicative of a bigger issue here. You know, I grew up really believing in a vision of America that was a liberal, secular public square where everyone was welcome, no matter their faith background, no matter their ethnic background, their racial background, their religious background, uh, that, that we could all meet as co-equals. And I really grew up believing that those who saw this country as a Christian nation had a distorted view of who we were and who we should become. And I'll tell you, as I have gotten older and as I have returned to living in Missouri once again, I more and more am convinced that those folks who see this nation and this state as a white Christian nationalist product are winning. It feels like that is the direction of our politics. It feels like it is the direction of our future. And it terrifies me for what it means for my kids to grow up in, in this sort of place. Um, we in the Jewish community and in Jewish history have seen all too often what the results are when, when societies begin this sort of downward slide away from multiculturalism and towards ethnic nationalism. And that, again, is Rabbi Daniel Bogard. John Anazu, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on those feelings shared by Rabbi Bogard. Yeah, you know, I think what I heard in his comments was just the, the felt reality of being part of a minority and in a, in a, within a political majority and how important it is for all of us to be aware of these dynamics. And it's probably worth flagging for all of the listeners here that the reason we have these religion test clauses in the first place is that the framers of the Constitution were reacting to the Church of England that had these tests for political office, for military service, for academic leadership. And and right from the beginning of our country, we decided that's not a good thing. And we don't want to we don't want to prevent people from having political and other leadership because of their religious beliefs. So Katie writes on Facebook, quote, humanitarian, pro-social values, and good governance are not unique to Christianity. Parson is definitely speaking in code for something else. Mary writes on Facebook, quote, I laugh at the governor's comments. I'm a Christian. I can't say that I share Governor Parson's values, nor does he represent mine. As a civic-minded, devoted follower of Jesus, I do not consider a person's religion part of the requirement for public service. I think the people who are the most qualified with good character should be appointed. His comments reveal how out of touch he is. It's never good when our leaders are seeing through such a narrow lens. John, is that something that, that resonates with you, her comments there? Well, you know, I like the last part of that comment, especially because it points to the fact that because of the Establishment Clause, which we haven't yet talked about, I, I can't think of a single government position that requires a particular faith allegiance. We even have government chaplains, but those are not faith-specific in the job description. So I can't see any reason why anyone would say, we have to have a particular religious prerequisite for a government position. And you say this this goes back to the Establishment Clause, the idea that the government can't just say, hey, we want a Christian chaplain to serve this particular job. They don't do that. They can't do that. 
That's right. Yeah. And built into, you know, we, we've talked about the hiring side, but on the application and policy side, if we had government officials expressly relying on Christian or any other religious faith, then we would be into the Establishment Clause territory. Okay. And that basically, you can't go around establishing Christianity as the religion. That's that's one of the, the core principles. Right. Christianity or any other faith, exactly. So the bigger picture here is kind of interesting. Governor Parson was trying to defend Don Carroff because he was perceived as too liberal for Missouri. Governor Parson had, again, this long statement that was kind of angry. Uh, Here's a quote from it. I've been a conservative Republican my entire life, and contrary to what some senators believe, tarnishing a man's character by feeding misinformation, repeating lies, and disgracing 35 years of public health experience is not what it means to be conservative. So Parson kind of coming after his own party on that. Rabbi Daniel Bogard uh, spoke to our producer. He noted the irony of realizing that he was on the same side as Governor Parson when it comes to the controversy in the Senate involving their failure to approve Don Garoff. And I was struck that I agreed with, you know, the the sentiment of his tweet, uh, that it was a terrible thing that happened to this individual, that this individual was qualified to be the director of this agency. And at the same time, the governor made it really clear that one of the things that made anyone qualified in his mind was that they shared Christian values. And that, again, is Rabbi Daniel Bogard. So, John, this could have been an area of common ground for the governor where maybe more liberal Missourians, people who aren't necessarily his core constituency, would say, hey, you know, this guy is trying to fight for this qualified public health director. And you have these guys in the Senate who are refusing to act on this. Now we have a situation where he's angered not just arch conservatives, but he's also angered people who are worried about religious freedom, people who consider themselves pluralists. What do you make of this, I guess, unforced error? <laughs> well, yeah, he would have been on much uh, probably better footing if he just said the same conservative values instead of Christian values, which would have taken this discussion in, in a different direction. So um, it does seem possibly unforced, except I'm at a point where I'm not sure that any of these statements are really unforced. So maybe there's something else going on that I don't quite understand. So the listener who maybe uh, suggested on Facebook that he's speaking in code for something else, do you think this sent exactly the message that Parson wanted to send? And if if rabbis are upset, if Muslims are upset, if, if Christians who don't share these values are upset, that's okay with him. That's not his base. Well, right. I mean, or another way to say this is if the most conservative Christians are most angry at the governor on this particular issue, then signaling to them with a phrase like the same Christian values could be an attempt to appease the the most conservative Christians in the state. Hmm. So we heard from Rabbi Bogart just how frustrating this is for him as a Jewish man in Missouri. Do you see any hope for Missouri and for religious pluralism in light of, you know, if this is really an intentional play to the base here, if this is something that works politically? Well, I mean, I, I think there's lots of reasons for hope. I, I think that the you know Missouri and and the rest of the country uh, can, should, and is still capable of embracing the reality of religious pluralism. It means that that there's lots of work to be done, and uh, it means that we need to engage smartly at all levels of politics and law to make it happen. Well, John Anazu, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Sarah. Great to be with you. And John is the Sally D. Danforth Distinguished Professor of Law and Religion at Washington University. He's both at the law school there and the John C. Danforth Center on Religion and Politics.
This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske and Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.